what ended up happening is that I just started really closing myself off, period. I thought I was just acting that way when I was undercover, under guys, but it seeps into your personality. This stuff has consequences. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Some entrepreneurs have a secret, some of us more than one, but today we are going to talk about something that's been on my mind lately, which is taking a pseudonym. And a lot of us in the community have a pseudonym or a pen name, including me, more on this later. Pen names, especially for authors, are as old as time, but with the growth of the internet, seems to have really fueled the rise of pseudonyms. In fact, the early days of the internet were all about anonymity. It was all about creating a forum name with a weird handle and a number after it. And these were the personas that we built online. So it sort of naturally followed in the sort of digital marketing age that so many of us have also used a persona or a slightly altered name online. Now, this is a somewhat controversial subject I know, especially in the era of fake news, but what I wanted to do today is share part of an interesting discussion that's been happening within the online forum of our community, the Dynamite Circle or the DC. And it boils down to this. Some are glad they took on a pseudonym, and others wish in retrospect they had taken one, and some now regret ever doing it. And towards the end of the show, we're going to run an interesting conversation with someone who feels that creating a, quote, alternative identity led him into a dark psychological place. So I urge you to hang around for that. So weighing in on the pro side of having a pseudonym came Emil from DrEmil.com, who is a doctor and a fitness professional. My name is Emil Goliath, and it came from a blog, which I started in 2010, 2011. It was a bit of a joke at the time, and it was essentially called Project Goliath and my project to become Goliath as a strongman and and weightlifter. It effectively was forgotten then for a few years, and I kind of qualified as a doctor, was working as a doctor, forgot any notion of building a business, and then was rekindled in 2014, 15, initially as Project Goliath, and then as Emil Goliath. And the reason was I wanted some anonymity or separation between my medical work and my business, but it kind of took a a life of its own after that. And I use it now for all my social media. It is a little bit easier to pronounce than my real surname, Hodjevic. It's a little bit more eye-catching. It serves me really, really well in that regard. And it kind of gets people talking and questioning as to whether it's my real name or not, which is obviously great for being on the front of people's minds. Others mentioned they also wish they'd taken an easier to pronounce pseudonym for their business. But it's also been used as a way to anonymize yourself, either for privacy or to mask your nationality or gender. This is something, for example, J.K. Rowling's publishers asked you to do, and what this caller did for an aligned reason. 
Michaela Light. So I use Michaela Light as my public name. I started using that two years ago. And I did a blog post about that and emailed my entire prospect and customer list. Um, that was pretty scary because I had no idea how they were going to respond to my gender and name change. And the motivation for the pseudonym was I was changing my gender. I wanted a name that matched my female gender. And all the feedback I got from customers was good. So very happy I did it. I feel a lot more true to myself with my new name. And it also has the advantage that my legal name, which is Michael Smith, it was like a Google disaster. It was too many millions of other people with the same name. So I, I kind of like having a more unique name. However, Shana wrote in to say, quote, I didn't take a pseudonym because it didn't occur to me. I mildly regret it for a couple of reasons. One is I didn't anticipate getting so big on YouTube and the more visibility, the greater chance of stalkers, especially for women. I do use only my first name most of the time in my main business, but it's not a common first name and the combination of my first last name is even rarer. So I sort of wish I could be more anonymous, but not strongly enough to make a change at this point. But here's the thing. Many, including myself, take on a pseudonym or a pen name because they want to be a little bit under the radar in some way. And this could be as straightforward as because you're still working for the man and you got a side hustle that you don't want your employer to know about or bug you about. Or you're worried your friends will Google your YouTube videos and make fun of you. I mean, it could be anything. But this initial decision can start to cause problems as your business evolves. Something that came up on a conversation about that very topic with today's sponsor, Smash Digital's Travis Jameson. Now, I got to give a little disclaimer or caveat here. I always said when we started having sponsors on the show that one thing we would never, ever do is allow sponsors to buy interviews or you know, buy an episode of the show. I just never wanted to compromise our editorial voice. But as it turns out, you know, Travis and I are friends and we're trying to find ways to work together on other projects. And so we were on the phone recently, a legit business call, talking about how when we first met and I forgot, I legit forgot that his original last name wasn't Jameson. I always just now think of him, an old friend, as Travis Jameson. I asked him if he regretted making that switch and as he started to tell the story, I, said, I, pulled him, I pulled a kind of a lame move. I said, hey, man, would you mind if I recorded this call? <laughs> and he was gracious enough to allow us to play that call on today's show. So here's that conversation. Me and you are part of this movement online that is enormous. We both use, let's just say it, pen names or fake names. <laughs> online. You just mentioned to me that you wish you had never done it. Absolutely. Well, it originally was just kind of like a privacy idea. You know, I'm playing around in the SEO niches and you know, there's sketchy stuff on the internet. Let's just let's just go by Jameson for that reason. But I didn't have the, the foresight to like know what was going to come. So just for context to say like Travis is your real name. Yeah, Travis is a real name. And Jameson is a whiskey brand. Last yeah, time well, it's also it's it's my <laughs> other family's name, so it is it is like least family. And then my family was super confused. They're like, 
did you have problems with your with your dad or something? I was like, no, no, not at all. Like, it's <laughs> an internet thing. The problem, at least from my perspective, is like I started this Jameson thing just to kind of be a little more private with whatnot. And then over the years, my personal brand got built. And then I, I kind of became Travis Jameson. And you couldn't undo that. It's interesting because like a lot of us start under pseudonyms when we don't know if we believe in the thing we're doing or if it's going to become part of our identity. We're just kind of tinkering around on the side or maybe we're doing shady things or maybe we just don't know. You know, it's not our main thing yet. And then as things get momentum, that can turn into something you're really proud of. So I found myself in a situation where I go by my middle name online. So Andrew's my middle name. And it's weird because now like I've published a book, I'm on Amazon, I've been podcasting for 10 years under a name that's not my family name. And so I've like built this legacy around a pen name. It's not a big legacy, but it's what I've done. In my case, I do think there are some benefits though. One is that like the SEO trail under my real name is pretty clean. I sort of feel like that gives me a level of comfort when I'm going through borders. Because it's like, why would you just put yourself all out there? Then meanwhile, we're just doing it all the time. So it's like, and who am I to kid myself that if someone wasn't motivated, they're not two steps away from figuring out the true thing anyway. Yeah. So here are my reasons why like, I wish I hadn't done it now. Because the name you go by really doesn't matter that much. It's kind of in like as I move up in the business world, there's like weird conversations and you have to have, you know, I'm like looking at partnering with a business, you know, taking some equity. It's like, oh, by the way, that's not really my real name. And, you know, people are like, what? <laughs> it is fascinating. Like, there is something intimate about a, a person's name. Yeah. I've had these experiences where, you know, like, most of the people in my life now that know me, they know me as Dan Andrews. And I'm prolific on Strava.com in terms of like using that service. And all of these people I've met all around the world and have been on multi-day trips with and stuff, they all know me as just Dan Andrews. And it's interesting to kind of come home and sometimes my mom will mock me. she be like, oh, Mr. Andrews <laughs> has returned. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I've thought about switching back too, and it feels like, I guess, a weird mix of like pretty hard to pull off that it would be very confusing. And then finally, there's this kind of part of me that feels like it would be really self-important. You know, it's kind of like self-important to change your name in the first place and make a new name for yourself, but at least when you did it, no one gave a shit. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, after you've asked people for their attention and their trust under your name, your identity, your reputation, to then go to all those people and say, I'm the artist formerly known as Dan Andrews, <laughs> and now I want to go by a symbol. You know, It feels self-important in a way. And I think that's part of what makes me feel that I've come to a peace with being Dan Andrews. Yeah, that makes sense. My big biggest fear is just you know, the business relationships of people who don't already know me, it gets weird. Strangely enough, it hasn't yet held me back in any serious way. In fact, I'm pretty glad I did it, I think, in retrospect. 
at least I'm not aware of the potential downsides. And certainly, Mr. Travis Jameson has not experienced any setbacks in terms of his online ventures. And certainly, his SEO firm, which is the sponsor of today's show. In fact, the feedback we've been getting from those of you who've taken advantage of the MIDI audits that Smash Digital is running has been amazing. So check those out over at smashdigital.com slash TMBA. We're going to roll the ad right now. I grew up with the Tropical MBA. That's where I, I learned half the stuff I know. Like These are my people that I align with, that I understand. Why did you guys decide to do free SEO audits for the TMBA listeners? Is this just a ruthless client generation tactic? So it's actually not. I think what we're doing mostly is showing that, hey, we really know what we're talking about. I would say 99% of anyone who's gotten an audit back, they're usually impressed with the amount of information, like usable information that we give them. Yeah, you did one for me. It was eye-opening to say the least. You guys are unique though in, I wouldn't call you necessarily thirsty for new clients. Do you know what I mean by that? Our long-term goal is to stop taking clients. Our long-term goal is to just work on our own internal projects and like partnerships that we've created over the years with different companies. Like sometimes clients get, you know, a nice ROI and everybody's happy. But then sometimes clients come in, we literally make them millions of dollars. And it just kind of seems silly to be charging a couple grand a month for that when we can be doing so much more for ourselves and being able to wrap ourselves completely around a project. Because, you know, SEO is only one side of it. There's, there's so many other things besides SEO that really go into it. And our team has so many years of experience that it just makes sense to, to start doing that. We're on month three of you underwriting the show or being the sponsor. What's like the narrative that Smash Digital has about this campaign? Our entire brand is built on word of mouth. We haven't advertised until now. The company's like close to nine years old at this point. We felt like it was time to put ourselves out there a little bit. And we've even gotten some people saying like, oh, you guys are still doing this? So we're just letting them know like, hey, we're still here. We're still crushing it. Doing the same stuff, only better and higher quality. The one and only Travis Jamison, everyone, of Smash Digital and, of course, Smash VC. Check out those aforementioned free SEO audits at smashdigital.com slash TMBA. So we've touched on some of the pros and cons, the nuts and bolts of naming something online. Like sometimes taking a little bit of a different name online can just be as simple as naming like a brand, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes creating a fake or contrived identity can affect your whole psyche. In fact, it's the theme of many great movies and and books. And this is the thread that a great insight from a member of our community who has direct experiences with the effects of taking a cover and a fake identity. So I'm just going to let him take up his story and quick heads up. Apologies for a little bit of the background noise. It was recorded in the basically building site that is the Philippines. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go? My name is Itamar Morani, and I now use utilize all my experience from the Special Forces and International Counterterrorism to share lessons about leadership, mental resiliency, and crisis management through public speaking and executive coaching. Now, I guess I got to ask, is that your real name? It is my real name. 
It is very real name. <laughs> we were having this discussion about pseudonyms, and your response was a real outlier in the sense that you have used them a lot in the past, and now you say you don't want to use them anymore. So can you describe maybe the first time that you used a pseudonym? So when I was 22, after my stint in the Special Forces, I started working in the government. And I worked in, let's call it, international counterterrorism. And I was working undercover in several countries. I had to use a cover because of the grave danger that I would be in from terrorist organizations and other such people if I didn't use a cover. And people actually knew who I was. So I was kind of forced into doing that. And it was also like, logically, it was the right decision to make. How do you choose a name and an identity? So it has to be believable. It has to serve you as to why you're in a certain place. If I'm going to Zurich, for example, I'm going to have to have a different identity than if I'm backpacking in Thailand and trying to be undercover like that. Everything from my dress to the reason I'm there to my background. So it all has to fit in with a story. So you can either have a cover story, which is me, Ida Marmarani. I'm in Thailand right now because I'm 22 and I love backpacking. or I'm in Zurich right now because I'm visiting family or have an entire cover identity where you change your name, you change your background. You're basically just playing character that fits in with that situation. Do you get to decide what name you go by at the end of the day? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. What is the easiest way to compromise that new name or identity you've created for yourself? Like, do you ever wake up first thing in the morning and, and you still think you're Itamar and you're like, no, I'm Jeff, I forgot. <laughs> like, how do you prevent that from happening? So the way I prevented it from happening was by just not getting too deep in with people, not being very social. The thing is, you can find out when someone's lying, when you ask them the same question several times over different days, different weeks or whatever, so they forget their lie. We all remember the truth. We forget lies that we make up. So I avoided like having my cover blown by not being social with people, keeping a very small-knit group that were only people that were verified by the government that were supposed to know who I was anyway, and only really interacting with them. Now, you mentioned that when you developed this new persona, you picked up new habits. What ended up happening is that I just started really closing myself off, period. I thought I was just acting that way when I was undercover, under guise, but it seeps into your personality. And that's kind of what I wanted to say. This stuff has consequences. It took me years after I was done working with the federal service to figure out why I felt so disconnected from other people. I wasn't able to connect and make new friends. And like also why I was disconnected from myself and I was so unhappy. It was a very challenging thing to not just realize that, but also to then get help to overcome that and start taking that out of my personality, this undesirable learned behavior that I adopted. Were there other behaviors that came along with your persona? Paranoia, definitely. It's like when I had some very close calls and you stop trusting people in a way like everyone's first guilty until proven innocent when you're in that kind of world and to be honest that's what's been the biggest the weirdest and most amazing thing for me in the dc how random people are just so positive and like so actually like wanting to help me and it's why like i love the community because it's just it's been such the opposite of what i was used to living in my previous life and that's the main thing like paranoia like you don't believe in anyone do you remember a moment when you became conscious of your pseudonym becoming a problem for you? Yes. So 
I was in Hawaii about five years after I'd already stopped working in the government. And I had met some Israeli people there. I'm Israeli, right? And I was able to connect with them. And I had such a blast. And it was just kind of this weird thing of like, why are these the first group of people that I've been able to actually engage with in the past five years? And I was like, oh, wait, I think it's just because they're Israeli. And that's like my habit of thinking this is a safe place so I can actually be myself. And then I spoke to one of the guys about it. And he was like, bro, you need to see some help. That's not natural. And that was kind of the moment when like things clicked. And I was like, wow, I've, I have some issues here that I need to fix. What are the concepts that when you started to seek out help and change your mindset around this, what are some of the concepts that were useful to you in getting back in touch with something, I guess, more truly you? Hmm. I guess I've always been very outcome driven. I've figured out what is my desired goal and how do I go about getting there. And I wanted to have a happier life. I realized that just being like cold and methodical about things, I was, I felt empty. I recognized that in order to do so, I had to be able to make new relationships. Like the time I had in Hawaii, I was so happy. And then when I went away from there, all of a sudden I got sapped away. So it was a lot about opening up these kind of scars of these behaviors that didn't serve me, but made me feel safe. So it was terrifying because all of a sudden I had to associate meeting new people with letting go of the control and my own safety. But yeah, it's like I had a phenomenal therapist that really helped me out with this. And it was a terrifying and very hard process, but it was well worth it. Do you do marketing in like the broader English world or is your business primarily focused on Israelis? It's actually focused on non-Israelis and the broader English world. <laughs> You're the only Itamar that I know. And so it would be common for you to become like, I don't know, what's a name that starts with I, like Ian or something so like that. At Starbucks, my name is either Ethan or Dave. When I don't want to deal with having <laughs> to explain to someone like a million times what my name is or have people write in my cup that my name is Tumor or things along that. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about uh, being Dave full time in business? I just felt it wasn't worth it. It's like I thought about it at first. And also, like, obviously, when I'm talking to people about my background, I have all I feel like I have all the reason in the world to use a pseudonym from a safety perspective. I just realized that the consequence of trying to be someone else all the time is not a happy one. Like I saw other people comment in the thread that we're talking about. Some people wanted to basically be able to hide away from possible failures or to not actually show their successes. And I just felt like those things weren't a severe enough consequence for me to deal with not being able to be myself and all the stress that is induced because of that. Like having to keep up that guise is tiring and not just being able to be free and be me. It's, I don't want that anymore in my life. Allow me to interrupt to tell you about this week's Dynamite Deal. That's where we give you a screaming deal on a product or service designed to grow your business with just one click. The exact types of products and services you hear featured on this show every week, and this one is all about making your business more profitable by upgrading the marketing channels that are working in your business and also testing out some ones you'd like to try. Now, there's only a couple ways to do that. You can A, do it yourself, and sometimes that's cool and that's the right way to go. You can employ an expensive agency or service, or 
You can improve your existing staff's marketing chops through training and getting solid processes in place. After all, so many of us have already made investments in freelancers or VAs in the Philippines or full-time staff. So here's the key question. Do you have the marketing knowledge and the time in your day to do that? If the answer is no, this deal is for you. So let's get to it. We teamed up with ClickMinded's Tommy Griffith, frequent visitor to this show, to offer 80% off for a limited time of ClickMinded's marketing courses and their SOP library. Some of you may remember that Tommy was the head of SEO at Airbnb, so those are serious chops. You'll get access to their strategies, as well as insights on content marketing, email funnels, and more from leaders within Lyft, Techstars, and other top tech companies. This means your team will effectively learn the tactics and tools they use day to day. As soon as you purchase this deal over at dynamitedeals.co, you'll have access to all that at a one-time, it's not like ongoing, like hiring a staff, a one-time low price of $497. That's 80% off of the retail price offered on ClickMinded's website. I've seen these courses myself. They are clearly structured, engaging, and practical. We really believe that any member of your staff, from your business partner, even yourself, to a VA you've recently hired in the Philippines will gain value and improved marketing skills. And how can't that pay off at least to make back your ROI in this amazing opportunity? The biggest pro for me as a founder is that it's potentially an enormous time saver because who wants to sit there and go through the nuts and bolts of SEO best practices? That's what this deal's all about. So are you ready to pour some fuel on those 2020 business goals by giving your team key marketing training from top tech firms? If it sounds like a deal to you, go check it out at dynamitedeals.co. And this is only available for a limited time. Have you noticed any problematic stuff around you just being in the entrepreneurial community with this sort of thing? I think the most problematic thing is that I'm not really sure why people do it. When I, when I ask them, they don't have a really concrete like, answers. People that are building these kind of businesses online are building a business for a reason. It's supposed to act as a vessel to give them a better life. And they're not taking that into account. That, I feel, is the biggest challenge. They're saying, okay, I'm going to use a pseudoname because it'll be easier to run the business this way. But they're not looking at the net positive or net negative effect that will have on their overall lifestyle and ability to enjoy life. People are not realizing, you know what, this is something I need to consider because this business is solely a vessel for me to live an amazing lifestyle where I get to travel, I have freedom, whatever it may be. But if it has a negative impact, this thing you're doing on your overall lifestyle, is it worth it? You mentioned that you feel more open in the entrepreneurial community. Do you think that that opens you up to threats? So I actually had a discussion with this, with some of the guys from the special forces. And like, we were trying to like very logically figure this out and it does absolutely open me up to threats, but from a very realistic perspective of it, I am not high enough on the chain of whatever you want to call it right now. I'm not a big enough target. So like from an illogical perspective of just having my mind go into fear, it terrifies me. But when I actually break it down into concrete, the logical aspect of it, I recognize how far down I am in the line that Al-Qaeda or ISIS would want to target. And it's not a rational fear. So I've decided basically to not listen to that irrational fear. I feel that the overall what I want for my life, it's going to be a bigger risk to my happiness 
into me actually being able to live my life if I had to hide. Like, I'm done hiding. That's the truth. A lot of people that have a professional career trajectory, when they hear the message of entrepreneurship after they're quite some ways along that trajectory, it doesn't resonate with them because it requires taking so many steps backward. Why did it resonate with you? War and counterterrorism are a zero-sum game. It is not a happy environment. You are always paranoid, and it's just not a positive place to be. I realized there would be a price to pay, but I looked at it in the 10-year outcome. So the 10-year outcome was either I stay in counterterrorism and I become miserable, like all the older people that I saw there and become highly stressed, or I take a very hard one to two year hit, but I build myself up in something else and I get to the promised land in 10 years of having a lifestyle that I enjoy, a business that I enjoy running. And I felt like, you know what? I'm very happy to make this one or two year sacrifice in order to get there. It's like one of the things I learned again, like from the special forces is like we had a year and eight months training period before we were even qualified as operators. Like I'm not supposed to have instantaneous rewards. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to want to break me before I actually get good at anything, before I get qualified to even start. Therein also lies the beauty of it, that most people who struggle to figure out if they should do it, how they should do it, whatever it may be, that fear of the unknown stops them from taking action. So therein lies the entire opportunity. If you simply see this, this struggle of like, should I do it? Should I not do it? It's just, you know what? The playing field is so much easier. Because so many people are just not going to take action. So if you simply take action, you're already way ahead of the game. It's like I, again, like you said, I started from a very different career. I was making six figures to going to zero. And I think the only reason I succeeded because I just like went after it. And I think that's the opportunity. Again, like when you come into this fear of the unknown, you're not sure if you should do this or not. Recognize that everybody around you is thinking the exact same thing. So if you simply take action, you're ahead of the game. Many thanks to Itamar Marani, who gave a great talk at DCBKK this year, and you can check out more about what he does over at MaraniConsulting.com. Also want to give a big up to everyone who shared their thoughts and uh, allowed us to play them on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one, got you thinking just a little bit. Do you have a pseudonym and why? We'd love to hear your thoughts about it, whether positive or negative. That's all for this week. I can comfortably say Dan Andrews, <laughs> who that's just me now, will be back as usual next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.